welcome everybody to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and today is the week in review for the week of November 22nd, 2019. I'm glad to get this to you at this time, just a little later than usual this week. Had a busy week being my birthday week. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Also enjoyed AEW Dynamite Live in Indianapolis. I'll talk more about that later on in the show. But uh, yeah, it was a fun birthday week. Very, very busy. But uh, let's get it kicked off. Monday Night Raw on Monday. Uh, Started off with that Becky Lynch promo. uh, Talking about how she was ready for a fight at Survivor Series. And then the Iconics interrupt. And then... Charlotte comes in and stuff and ends up being a kind of a just they all their paths have always intertwined and stuff and it was asked if it was okay if it was her partner or whatever and how they're making history and stuff both of them so but it was all right little setup and then Samoa Joe comes out like right at the, at the end of the promo which was like I was like what is he doing out there and then we realized later on that he was joining commentary, which I got to comment on. Samoa Joe is a natural at commentary. He just added so much that, honestly, I could do without Jerry Lawler on there now. Because Samoa Joe was so dang good. It seems like like CM Punk, he was in that role at one time, uh, I think back when he was injured, like 2010 or so or whatever. He did a really good job at uh, color commentary when I that I remember. Uh, it was, But then... It was the Iconics versus Lynch and Charlotte. It was over in about two minutes, but uh, it was okay. Sets up Flair and Lynch as they're both dominant figures in this. And then after that, uh, it continued. The Baszler and company came down, and uh, Flair and Lynch chased them. And then Lynch threw a punch, knocked out a security guard and stuff. But uh, it was an all right segment. Uh, still adding the heat to the Lynch. Baszler and uh, Bailey match at Survivor Series. Then the OC come out and talk. Then the OC versus. Then the OC comes out. Carl Anderson talks how he's going to beat up Humberto and stuff. And uh, then it was set up a match with Humberto and Carl uh, Anderson. Carl Anderson ends up winning with an inside cradle on Carl uh, Anderson as uh, Street Profits were out there, kind of giving a. Uh, Humberto some backup as uh, AJ, as AJ Styles and Luke Gallows were at the ring with uh, Carl Anderson as they uh, Luke Gallows kind of helped out forcing the roll up or whatever on the inside cradle and then Street Profits pushed him over as the ref was distracted and they got the three count got the win. It's building Humberto up to maybe another U.S. title shot. It wasn't bad. Gets Humberto some more momentum than he lost after those first what three matches he lost. Uh, against two against Styles and then one against uh, one against Rollins, but and then Lob get the great and wonderful Lana coming out, and I don't know why they keep saying her name is she's the ravishing Russian when she's not even a she doesn't even speak in a Russian accent anymore. Uh, just something there. It's something that just that's kind of dumb. I just don't agree. To call her the ravishing, excuse me, the ravishing Russian anymore when she doesn't even speak in Russian, speak Russian, at least a Russian accent. And then we get Lashley versus No Way Jose and stuff and whatever. It was 
pointless. And uh, but yeah, Alana can just stop doing promos, please. It is just how she can't even it's like Rusev can't stay in ninety feet, ninety miles, whatever she botched that or something there. Not no, nothing against her as a person, but man, this this angle and this everything is not doing her favors, nor Rusev, nor Bobby Lashley. Whenever this is over, I'll be really happy. And then we get Seth versus Andrade, and then if Rollins is Rollins loses, I think Rollins was removed, gets removed from the team, and Andrade is the new team captain. Uh, Zelina Vega got distracted actually ejected after a hurricane run attempt she got caught by the referee and stuff uh late in the match lucha house party interferes costing uh andrade the match it's kind of weird having lucha house party come out and try to beat up andrade during the i don't i just don't think they see them as threats and so rollins and andrade clear house and they shake hands Showing a little cohesiveness to the Raw team coming into Survivor Series this coming weekend, which I'll have that up for you on Monday, speaking of that, and then I'll also have an NXT War Games pay-per-view review up on Sunday. So be ready for those things here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Murphy and Tazawa was actually earlier, actually, yeah, during a, there was a segment earlier on in the show where AOP was... AOP attacked Hawkins and Ryder, who were supposed to get tag title shots tonight, but that obviously didn't happen. As AOP actually finally did something other than do a little video vignette. Then we get Murphy and Tozawa. Uh, we got a pre-match video from Tozawa, which was nice because we haven't seen Tozawa in a long time, and a lot of people aren't familiar with him. And that's something uh, I wish AEW would do a little more to give us more layers of a character so we get to know them better but actually AEW did do that this week I'll address that here in just a few minutes but uh it was a good match showcasing both guys Murphy and Tozawa Tozawa looked really good Murphy and Tozawa both getting their offense and looked very good it keeps Murphy's momentum going hits Murphy's laws he's getting probably going to get ready to take on uh Alistair Black here in the near future uh Black, then Rowan, go. there's a segment where Rowan's talking to his pet thing or whatever. Kind of odd, I don't know, it's kind of weird. But uh, then Blake, Black and Murphy stare down. Excuse me. Then we get Rowan versus a jobber. And then the Singh brothers run out with R-Truth chasing them. Rowan takes out the Singh brothers multiple times. Claw Slam gets the win. Eh. We got to give Rowan some actual guys that they're on the roster. I'm not a big fan of these local jobber squash matches especially on raw as we've seen them 300,000 times but then we get a randy orton interview orton saying he's the greatest survivor series guy pretty much and then he will pan pick a partner a special partner that will benefit him likely against uh rick which was likely going to be ricochet which it turned out to be ricochet uh they'll face the viking raiders later in the night and then we got KO versus McIntyre. Heck of a match. I enjoyed that. It was a really good match between McIntyre and Owens before Survivor Series. We had a lot of Survivor Series kind of matchups before. We had the Rollins and Andrade match. Uh, teammates facing off against one another. We had KO versus McIntyre. This was a really good match. But uh, Triple H comes out uh, before Owens makes the cover on McIntyre after the stunner. Uh 
then we see Forgotten Sons, Damian Priest, and uh, J- Dijakovic Dij- out there. He cuts off a promo on how they don't want you on the main roster and how he really was the guy that legitimized NXT. I thought this was a really good segment, kind of teasing who's going to go to, who's going to defect, who's going to defect at Survivor Series because they've teased Rollins, they've teased Owens, both former NXT guys. wonder who they're going to go to next on here on Bikely SmackDown. Uh, yeah, and they they're pretty much saying they don't give a crap about him and such. But I thought this was really good. And then Undisputed Era comes out, jumps on ones for behind, and then the OC counterparts make the save. So that's that was a good thing to see. And then uh, following the commercial break, there was a pointless promo from Humberto. But then we actually get Rey Mysterio coming out, talking to him, hyping him up a little bit. But uh. We get an explanation of, uh, we had a video package kind of recapping the Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio story. And then uh, Heyman talks and pretty much says, uh, no holds barred at Survivor Series between Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. That should be a really good match. Looking forward to that at Survivor Series. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is this is shaping up to be a very, very good Survivor Series. We got, what, the... Viking Raiders versus New Day versus Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. That's setting up to be a heck of a match. We got Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar for the universe, for the WWE Championship. We got Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. It's setting up to be a pretty good show. And then we get a Natty versus Asuka match. Natty wasn't there last week for the tag match, so I think they just did this for this week. But, uh... Natty got distracted by Sane late in the match. Gets back in the ring. Asuka knocks her head off with a roundhouse for the win. As this keeps Asuka's momentum going. And uh, these two will team at the Survivor Series. So, should be interesting. It was a decent match. And then we get to the main event. Orton and his partner of choosing versus Ricochet in the Viking Raiders. Very obvious pick. I wish that YT's a mystery partner when y'all, we all knew it was going to be Ricochet since they're feuding right now. But, uh, uh, Wharton, and it just ends up pretty much being a melee. It was a fun tag match when it was going on, but just kind of a big melee. We have, I think we've had way too many of those melees. I just wish we'd end up with someone on top, but it, it sets up the kind of Survivor Series kind of building it up as it hyping it up as it's, this is a big deal of NXT raw and SmackDown, but it was okay. The match, eh, but, uh, it was an all right show. I just felt, I, I didn't give you great analysis on that, but I just, the show overall, I show overall was all right. It just felt like it was forever long. I don't know. It just kind of dragged in spots and stuff. The Lana promo was terrible, but we got some really good wrestling, especially with KO and McIntyre, and then also uh, Murphy and Tazawa. They killed it. Both of those guys killed it. There was some really good wrestling on this show. Just it was just felt a little long, and we got to cut out the Lana stuff at the it, it, as soon as possible to me. And then we got NWA Power, and then it brings up the the elephant in the room, Jim Cornette. He said something racist on there. Not good. Not a good look. He's already, he resigned 
the next day. I didn't get to watch it live when that actually was said, but what he said was pretty racist and pretty offensive, and I, I don't condone that at all. That's unnecessary, and it's just unacceptable period i just that was just bad bad look and he's got he already said something about suicide and stuff so he's just it, it was it was time to cut the cord with him and let's get into the actual show i got i got i heard what he said good it was a good thing that he resigned but we start out with marquez with aldis and it's uh camille talking like He's talking about Camille saying her decisions are her own and then talking about taking care of business in the squared circle and such. Uh, he's while waiting on his next challenger, he decided to take on Murdoch in a non-title match. Kind of talking down Murdoch during this uh, segment, but then uh, we get Murdoch and all this in, in a match. And Murdoch looked pretty good in this. Trevor Murdoch looked really good. He's very he's He's got the fans behind him and such. And all this was kind of playing the heel in this match, and he's still kind of talking down Murdoch and stuff. But Murdoch loses after he jumps off the top rope, kind of slips. It was a little weird slip up there, but uh, uh, Murdoch loses with the uh, I think clover leaf, if I'm correct. But uh, it was it was a good match to start out the show. Enjoyed it. Gave Murdoch an opportunity to shine a bit. And then we get the Rock and Roll Express with Marquez. Kind of talk about being nine-time champs in the wild card, saying they're going to get their bleep kicked or whatever, and then saying Rock and Roll Express can kick their... It's just kind of setting up the match for next week. Nothing nothing bad on that, but... Then we get the question mark versus Ricky Starks. Uh, Colt Cabana's on commentary on this, and uh, it was more about setting up the match later on. It was okay. Question mark is super over with the fans, and I liked how they did this little play after Stevens interfered where kind of Stevens raises his hands, and he gets booed, and uh, Question mark raises his hands, he gets cheered and stuff, but they both beat up Ricky Starks after the match, and then uh, Colt Cabana makes the save, so it sets up a tag team match later on in the night, and then we get Joe Galley and Cornette announcing the tag team match later on in the night. Then we get an Eli Drake interview, and he's talking about how you want to make some noise. Anderson comes out and says he's tired of running him running his mouth and wants to settle it in the ring now. Drake then attacks Anderson from behind. Then he hits him with the turnbuckle, essentially turning himself heel. Then we get Ashley Vox and Allison Kay versus Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell. Uh, makes This match made me want to see Rosa and Kay fight for the title because this is really putting Rosa over as a big deal and a big threat to Allison Kay's NWA Women's Championship. But uh, Molina makes her debut late in the match, uh, distracts Kay. Rosa rolls her up for the win, and then Bell jumps Kay after the match. Rosa hits a double stomps on Kay, and then Molina joins Bell and Rosa in the ring, making their faction legit and something that uh, Vox and Kay and whoever else is in the on the women's roster in MWA have to, NWA have to uh, combat. Good kind of setting up this big this big group in NWA, some kind of big power group. As Molina really solidifies them, gets them a big name in that group, kind of being the ringleader of uh, both Rosa and uh, Bell. Then we get Starks and Cabana versus Mark. Question mark and Aaron and Aaron Stevens 
And uh, Stevens and Question Mark are a fun team to watch. It almost reminds me of uh, Mizdow as uh, Dam- as Miz playing the heel and Damian Sandow was playing the face when they were back in WWE. It was it's kind of like that similar dynamic, and I'm really enjoying it so far between those with those two. But uh, uh, Starks the, he tried to rip the mask off. Question Mark. But then he gets his eyes raked by Stevens. Cry chops, hits Stevens, hits, and then Stevens goes in for the pin. Post-match, uh, Stevens says they do with the power of karate. And then Question Mark comes out, comes in and says it too. And uh, Question Mark gets the cheer. Of course, Stevens gets the boo. It's a fun dynamic between those two. I really like what they're doing with that. And <laughs> Question Mark, man, he's over. It's like... Who would have thought a guy in a suit would be over? Like a mass superhero or whatever. And then, before Marquez finishes up, uh, James Storm interrupts, complaining about how Aldis is not defending the title. Madden, he's getting mad and crap. And then uh, Camille comes out, whispers something in his ear. Storm says he's sorry about your damn luck. And then ends the show. Uh, it's kind of setting up something with Camille and Storm. Is he working? Are they working in cahoots? Or is Camille... Just to get jumped or something like that. I thought it was an alright show. Not my favorite episode of NWA Power. But still, it was a good show. Fun dynamics. A good group setting. Like, we're setting up groups and stuff. Like, the Rosa, Molina, and then uh, Bell. We also get Question Mark and Aaron Steven, which is going to be a heck of a dynamic to see. And we keep getting this Nick Aldis stuff. Uh kind of talking down on people and stuff. And he's, it looks like he, it feels like he's on his way to a heel turner stuff, heel turn and stuff. And then Eli Drake, we get a heel turn from him. So a lot of stuff happening on NWA power, but we got some storylines developed as Ken Anderson and uh, Eli Drake's issues are continued, but not a bad episode. I enjoyed it though. Some decent wrestling, still good. For my final show of the week, I it was AEW Dynamite. I did not watch this on TV. You know why? Because I was actually there on Wednesday night in Indianapolis. It was a heck of a time. It was a really fun time. Uh, match by match, uh, we'll go with Nick Jackson first against Ray Phoenix. I thought it was a heck of a fun match with those two. Great opener. As Nick Jackson's, uh, that was his first singles match in four and a half years, and dang, did he look good. Both of those just have great in-ring chemistry. They got that from their tag match and stuff. Their series of tag matches and stuff. But uh, it was uh, pretty fun as uh, there were some crazy moves like uh, Nick Jackson hitting a freaking Hurricane Rana on Phoenix off the top rope and stuff. But uh, yeah, but yeah, really good match to start the show for this episode of AEW Dynamite I it, the crowd was very into this match and then we get uh Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida in the second match it was an all right match nothing too special but it was nice to see Shida get the win and kind of setting her up to be the number one person to challenge Riho for the AEW champion women's world championship Re- Shida gave uh Riho a really good match back at uh all out and that was to set up the number one contender for the world championship. But yeah, this moves Sheeta into the number one spot for uh, the world women's world championship. And then we get the Dynamite Dozen uh, Battle Royal also. But before that, actually, we got, we got a Dark Order vignette. Kind of an interesting stuff. 
with that little video. I enjoyed that because, you know what? It gave us some idea of why the Dark Order is the Dark Order and such. I really like that. I like... I th that was a good thing they did because we Dark Order had not been really been connecting with the fans and such, but this gave this kind of gave us a connection. Uh, the video kind of gave us a connection with them, so it, that helped them out. It might help them get more over as villains and such, and as, in such. But yeah, good video compilation there, good video uh, package there for the Dark Order the little vignette. Uh, then we got the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal, and then winner of this, well, the last two to be in the Battle Royal were going to uh, be facing off for a special diamond ring next week. Not sure about that gimmick and stuff, but whatever, you get some new people out there and some new people over and it was it was the obvious kind of setup. We is a Battle Royals had some fun spots with Jungle Boy and uh Orange Cassidy, of course. Nice seeing uh, Billy Gunn in there as a surprise entrant in that 12-man Battle Royal. Got, got plenty of guys got to shine. Maxwell Jacob Freeman, that was his time to shine there. He was the star coming out of this match, and then it's going to be him and Hangman Page next week for the Diamond Ring, special Diamond Ring. But Maxwell Jacob Freeman, he's killing it right now. The fans, when I was there, absolutely booed the living crap out of him. Anything he did... It was booed immediately. Very good interaction between him and the crowd. And it set up a match. So it should be pretty good next week between Hangman Adam Page and Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Then we get the moment of the night, in my opinion. Maybe number one or two, but I think I, I'm going to put this at number one. It is Chris Jericho and Scorpio Sky out there. Chris Jericho, well, Chris Jericho was out there with Jake Hager, and he says he's kind of sorry for his actions. Uh, from last week where he threw a temper tantrum after getting beat by Scorpio Sky in their tag team match. But it's Jericho, Jericho's saying that he, he, he can't say sorry, so he has Hager say sorry for him and stuff, and then it's going to be some big uh, big celebration for the Le Champion next week. And uh, it was really good there. And then we had Scorpio Sky come out and stuff. He felt bad for Jericho and stuff, but uh, he, he was apologizing for beating him and stuff. And then eventually it led into Scorpio Sky talking about, oh, how his DMs were blowing up and his girlfriend or what, not his girlfriend, his crush from high school texted him and they're going out on a date next week. And uh, it was pretty cute there. It was funny how, and then they even chanted the, the girl's name during this segment, it was pretty funny. And then Jericho says, "Oh, she's gained a put. She's gained a bit of a weight." And then Scorpio Sky says, "I like big butts, and I can't. I guess I like big butts, and I cannot lie." And that was absolutely hilarious. It was great banter between Chris Jericho and Scorpio Sky on there. And then pretty much Scorpio Sky baits him into putting a uh, Scorpio Sky Kazarian and uh, Daniels bait Jericho into putting his title on the line next week in Chicago. So it's going to be Scorpio Sky and Chris Jericho fighting each other for the AEW World Championship. This is a, this is what I like. AEW isn't afraid to create new stars. That's what they did in this segment. This is going to give Scorpio Sky an opportunity to be a star. And getting the rub off of Jericho, even though he probably won't win the title next week, which would make, wouldn't make sense if he did, but... 
it will give him a big rub being in the ring with Jericho, as he calls himself the greatest of all time. But I thought this was a really good segment, really fun segment. The crowd loved it. It was very fun, and it makes me excited for Scorpio Sky and Jericho. It was a great way to set it up. And then we, after that, after whatever, they, they shake hands and stuff for the world championship. It's a, uh, the inner circle comes in, storms the ring, and just jumps Sky, Gazarian, and Daniels and stuff. And then uh, Jurassic Express, Stunt, and company, Jungle Boy, and then uh, Luchasaurus come out. And it's uh, Luchasaurus actually has a stare down with Hager before Hager backs off. One thing I got to say about Luchasaurus Live, holy crap, that dude is huge. Like, I I thought, he, I didn't think he was, I, like, I thought he was big. But when you see him live and in person, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is huge. And he's just, he is jacked too at the same time. And he just has a great look. Fans were in, fans were going crazy for him as he came out. We don't get the match, but then we get a we don't get a kind of a fate. We get that face off with a Hager in him, and then Hager backs off and stuff, and they all leave the ring. And then right after that, uh, it's a uh, librarian versus Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus hits two moves, ends it pretty much, which was exactly what it needed to be. It's that it reestablishes Luchasaurus as this dominant force that could cause problems for the inner circle and stuff. But yeah, I like how they that previous part where they set up, they, they're possibly teasing Hager and Luchasaurus down the road. That should be fun. And then we get Proud and Powerful versus Private Party. This is a fun match. Enjoyed that. Uh, Cassidy and company, it was, it was fun. It was pretty fun as Cassidy and Private Party get the, uh, the win and... Uh, it also keeps the feud with uh, the Young Bucks going as Nick Jackson made the save late as they had a so- the sock was they had the loaded sock or whatever they were about to hit Private Party with it and stuff and Private Party wins with gin and juice keeps their momentum going with they they were they they had to they made the save last week for the Young Bucks so the Young Bucks paid the favor back to them and a uh, good little storytelling piece there as it continues the issues with uh, the Young Bucks. And also, pri- uh, proud and powerful. And then uh, we get Guevara after the match. Jump, he jumps to the ring with his phone in his hand, attacks Nick Jackson. But Dustin Rhodes comes out, and makes the save as he's been gone for the last few weeks. And uh, but yeah, this I enjoyed that as it continues the issues with the Elite and the Young Buck, not the Young Bucks, proud and powerful. I it still it keeps the storytelling going. And then Dustin Rhodes is back. He's back in the picture. So. The numbers game is not going to be to Proud and Powerful's advantage. They're going to be it's going to be pretty much dead even. A, then next we got Omega in a little video package with uh, Ni- Michael Nakazawa. He's doing bench press with like five pounds on there. He's at, and he's going to start his redemption tour next week against uh, Pack in Chicago for uh, AEW Dynamite on next for next Wednesday and stuff. And it was funny at the end how he's benching. He's, he tells Nakazawa to load one end, only one end with five pounds. So it's like an unbalanced thing and he's like struggling and stuff. But good little comedy thing from uh, Kenny Omega there at the end of that video. But I know he's getting ready, getting himself ready, rode back to redemption. I, I just want to see him have great matches. He's had good match. He's had really good matches, but I want him to have a great match. He hasn't been able to really do that as he's been kind of, 
I don't know. It just, it just hasn't been there quite yet. And then we get Darby Allen versus John Moxley. And this was pretty cool. This, they were setting up this as a big fight and heck of it was a big fight. John Moxley got one of the biggest pops in the night as he entered through the crowd at uh, the farmer's Coliseum in Indianapolis. But Darby Allen, he got a big, he got a pop, too, pretty good pop too. He comes out in a body bag that says Mox and stuff. And you know what? This is a very good match for the parameters they had to deal with because they had to go, they had to go in a, just a normal match pretty much. And it really gave Darby Allen an opportunity to really shine and be the resilient kind of underdog in that match. And Moxley being just the crazy dude that's willing to hurt anybody to get what he wants. And, uh, I thought this was a very, very good match. I liked the sequence where Darby Allen goes for the coffin drop and then Moxley just catches him in a rear naked choke, kind of showing Moxley showing off his MMA kind of prowess. But uh, yeah, I like the beginning of this match really set the tone as it was just going to be a crazy fight between these two and Moxley and Allen. And they did as much as they could with the, the, no, the, the parameters they were given, which was a, just a normal falls mat, normal uh, one fall match, disqualifications were in effect. So because they, they kind of did too many hardcore matches before that with the kind of the lights out matches and stuff. This would be I think this could would be a great opportunity to use the unsanctioned version, but they haven't really built the story enough up enough for that. And I don't need to see another unsanctioned match for a little bit. But but that being said, yes, they had a heck of a match. Moxley gets a win with a freaking the uh, paradigm shift DDT off the the middle rope. That looked insane. It looked like Allen landed almost straight on his head. But and it, I liked how Allen sold it at the end, the effects of the DDT and such. And it, it was a good close of the show. I really enjoyed that. That match was a very good one, along with Nick Jackson and. Uh, Phoenix at the beginning of the night. Those two had those matches were both very, very good. Very fun show for AEW Dynamite on TNT that night. I had a lot of fun at that event. I hadn't been to a wrestling event since 2016, but I like to touch on some stuff at, after the show during the dark period. Cody comes out, he announces that they're gonna be back in Indy again. He found that out about halfway through the show. And then after the Kenny Omega match, which will air on probably Dark next week with uh, Jack Evans for the AAA, not sure what title it is again, but it was it's a AAA championship. So it was Kenny Omega and Matt, uh, Jack Evans. Uh, but they the what I appreciate is they thank the fan they they thank the fans afterward. Cody was thanking the fans. He even took a selfie with the fans in Indianapolis. But uh, and then the Bucks not the Bucks, but Nick and Kenny talk to the crowd afterwards and just kind of saying thank you and such and kind of interact, got a good crowd interaction at the end. It's just, they're, they're, I think they're, that's what I like about them is they're so down to earth and kind of grateful for the fans and such. But yes, I really enjoyed that part. That's it. What I really thought was a good show and I'm going to give it the number one spot this week. AEW Dynamite definitely was the best show of the week. Also, number two, was I think Monday Night Raw because it had some really good wrestling. Number three was NWA. Uh, number two, number one is AEW, AEW Dynamite. Number two was Mon- was a uh, NWA Power, and then number three was Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw had some good wrestling, 
but it just felt like it dragged for me at the end. But AEW Dynamite definitely won the week for me. But B, stay tuned for uh, the NXT War Games review this weekend. Also, the Survivor Series review on Monday. We'll have the NXT TakeOver review up on Sunday. But before I go, make sure to follow me on the socials. Twitter and Facebook at SigDaddyWrestle. And also, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and also on YouTube. That's going to do it all for me on this episode. Thank you all for listening, and so long, everybody.